BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a kick-ass show for you guys today. Before we get started, we got to do the rounds and say hi to everybody. So let's start off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. The star of this show. There you go. So okay, he I said need that hi. before my name. He said that. He, okay, the star he, of the show, Ron Russell. So he got to say his something. Okay, just say hi real quick. I will not. Star of the show, I say hi. To say okay, so then we've got the man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy. It's the Ron Russell Show with Jimmy Yay! Star. <laughs> Did I get yes. that right? Got that right, Chad. The ma- the check is in the mail. What up, fellas? Looking good. <laughs> Good, good. Beautiful weather here. 111. Blue skies, sunny, hot, no humidity. Yeah. Just gorgeous weather. You look like you're keeping your color. Well, yeah, it's easy. You know, I drive my, my little convertible all over town for an hour, and I come back in. I really bronzy. <laughs> that's how you, yes, that's how you suntan, Roger. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I have no patience to lay in a lounge. I, I, right? You got to be doing something. Well, you also when you drive in a car, the sun is moving. You know, you're turning corners, so sure. your whole body gets it. Scenery, you don't get this. got scenery everywhere. Yeah, sure, good. Oh, it's gorgeous. gorgeous here. I drive out to the desert. I go up to White Water, which is all the way up in the mountains, and it's a waterfall and it's a lagoon and it's oh, it's in the middle of the desert. Nobody around. It's gorgeous, just gorgeous. Awesome. So we got to finish our hellos real quick. So we got a chat room full of people. What's up? Chat room. We want to give a. A shout out to B. Claudie. She's in Germany. Say hi to B. Hey, baby. How are you, baby? We got Irish Ginger in the chat room. She's in Belgium. We have Eileen Shapiro in the chat room. Hello, my darling. 
We uh, have. How are you, my I think Illy was in the chat room. I'm not sure because it's not going by very fast now. I don't know who's there, but whoever's in the chat room, hello. We got a great show for you guys today. We have the super gorgeous and talented Karen White coming on. You guys know her, Superwoman. And uh, we've also got Dr. Dre coming on from Yo MTV Raps in the second half of our show. And we got an announcement about the film we're going to. They still got a few tickets left in L.A. for tomorrow for the red carpet premiere we're going to. It's all going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to it. Hannah Clive is in the chat room. Hannah. I think the, uh, I think uh, that might be Goddess because she said, hey, boys, that sounds like goddess. something Goddess would say <laughs> in the chat room. Say hi to Goddess. No. Okay. Why? Okay, Goddess, he's not saying hi to you either. I'm going to send my loving kisses to Goddess. Just a no. A high is not sufficient enough. Right, Goddess, baby? I think it's Goddess, but I'm not actually If Goddess sure. is not in the showroom, then I'm taking back my hugs and kisses. I think it's Goddess, though. I'm not sure. Well, if she's not there, it's going to be smacks and kicks. And also, uh, oh, yeah, Illy's in the chat room. And uh, B. Claudia said thank you. And we're going to have a really B, fun show for B, you guys today. B. B is always more than kind. She's the sweetest girl in the world be the sweetiest sweetiest yes you never heard the word sweetiest i've heard sweetie but you're you the sweetiest person i ever met chad have you heard sweetiest <laughs> i have now yes well, okay you know well, that's I, a ronism anyway no it's not Ron likes no, to make up no, words. no no it's a brooklynism ah. because she's the sweetiest girl i ever met that's how they used to say it she's the sweetiest you meaning like meaning one. more than sweet she's the sweetiest Works for you me. gotta like totally like enjoy well, it. Works well. That's because we saw Gotti last night, so my Brooklyn accent came back. Travolta did a very good job impersonating Gotti, yeah. um, but you know Gotti was not all the meanness that they said he was. Gotti uh, was mean in his business, just like uh, presidents are today. You know, uh, mean meanness seems to be rampant today. But Gotti was just a mobster who ran his mob. And if you cheated, lied, connived, or did anything, you were dead. But you knew that when you joined the mob. But, but as far as killing innocent people or putting them in uh, concentration camps or locking up children in, in uh, camps, Gotti never did that. He in was, little cages? You yeah, mean? Gotti, Gotti <laughs> was not a mean man. I must tell you, I knew him, okay? Let's put it that way. I was in his company a few times and he was a very very charming delightful funny guy and as nice as could be and walked around offering us you know what can i get you what do you want you want some crackers here you want cookies you want whatever and he was just a nice fella but in his business world he was a mean outrageous killer but you know what so is the cia I mean, who killed John Kennedy? Who killed Marilyn Monroe? So we have it in our government. We have a very corrupt government in this country, in case everyone out there doesn't know it. America likes to, you know, do Hollywood and fanfare it and cover it up and make us look like we're all wonderful people and we all live in mansions and swimming pools and drive Rolls Royce. So that the poor people in other countries look at this in film and they say, oh my God, we're so poor, we don't have food. Why don't we go to America and see if we can't get some of that wonderful stuff too and they jump a fence and they come here and they do that well i've got news for you folks if i was living in a country that was like some of the countries the people that come here i would jump that fucking wall faster than anybody and if anybody touched my kids to put them in a camp <laughs> i kill them all i don't care if i die doing it but at least i defended my children that's who I'm angry with. I'm not angry with uh, Trump and his stupidity because he's a moron. I'm angry with the people whose children are in those camps and they're not rioting. Because if this were they're Brooklyn... They're in cages too. 
No, they're not in cages. No, I thought they they're, were in cages. No, there are millions of, of Hispanic people coming up from all the way down Ecuador, Nicaragua, all over. They're all coming into our country, okay? And they're here. We have 8 million Mexicans in L.A. alone, or whatever the amount is. I mean, I thought it was 8 million. If all those people got together and marched on Washington and made a big stink about it, maybe something would be done. But it's a few people anyway. a few people, it's not gonna last much longer. Listen, a few people on Facebook that are insulting Trump about his stupidity and what he's doing ain't gonna make it, babe. We gotta go out and fight. Remember Stonewall, how gay people fought? Remember who sat on the back of the bus and she fought? Remember back history? Rosa Parks. Well, I don't want to use names. Oh. I hate to name drop. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's more poetic the way I do it. You do it like a journalist. I do it more poetry. But remember when you couldn't sit in the front of the bus, folks? Remember when you couldn't use a white toilet? Remember? Or did we forget? Remember how poorly you were treated by the white upper class? Well, you fought and you won. And today you are one of the best races we have in this country. And that's the same thing that the Hispanic people have to do. They've got to fight Donald Trump and say, stop it. Stop it. Our children are not animals. Do not cage them. That's all. There you go. So I actually, though, like that thing on the news last night, I thought they said, though, that the kids are in one detention center and the adults are in another detention center. They're not like the... Well, I don't know what it is, uh, but to me... Either way, it's terrible. Know, and I don't like to c compare it to the Nazi concentration camps because, no, it's nowhere near the Nazi concentration camps. I mean, those people were put in... They were incarcerated to be killed. They were gassed and killed. The children, the women, the old, the young, everybody. Gays, straights, gypsies. <clears throat> Hitler killed everybody. Trump's not going to... Because Trump can't get away with it. Maybe if he could kill them all, he would. Why he has such an anger for the Hispanic people, I don't know. When we have just as many Asians coming in from all the Asian countries illegally. If you're in California, Southern California, where we are, you can drive from L.A. to Palm Springs, Cucamonga, all those mountains are all Asian people. The, there's miles, like 150 miles of just Asian people that never were before. Now, they came in the country illegally. Why isn't he doing it to the Asian people? Why only the Hispanic people? And let me tell you something else. He called them, what did he say they were infecting? Yeah, well, they do infect us because they wash our cars, they service our food, they clean our homes, and they are some of the nicest people I have ever met in my entire life. So if that's what infectious people are, I'm happy they're here infecting us. My gardener is wonderful. He's a terrific guy. Okay? So anyway. You know, that's, it's, but it's just, not all gardeners, it's, no, it's you know? <laughs> no, no, but I'm just saying the people that we, we know, know, and I have Hispanic friends also. I have many, Mex I went out with a Mexican, Burton. Burton was Mexican. I went out with him, the one that you took me well, away from. You away from. Right. Anyway. I think that uh, they're saying it's big news in the UK and that the parents are separated in a different camp. Well, I think the whole thing is disgusting. I think it should end immediately. Those people should be relieved, released. And instead of persecuting them, I think we should help them. I think we should find them housing and jobs and get them on their feet. They are running away. Listen, when the Italians left Italy, the wealthy Italians did not leave. It was the poor farmer who had nothing, who came to America illegally. My father jumped ship in 1923. My father was an illegal alien for years. 
He didn't become a citizen till like 1950s. Okay, so I'm the product of an illegal alien. It's just such nonsense. It's just not to be believed. But everybody, it's not the way it's supposed to be. Everyone here. jumped ship. The Germans, the Irish, they all did in the 1920s and 30s. They came here illegally. Nobody was locked up. Nobody took me away from my father. Because first of all, if they did, my father would have blown them all up and killed them. <laughs> there was no way that anybody touches my father's <laughs> children. My father was Italian, crazy Italian. You know, his kids would, were golden. They were gods. You touch them, you're dead. I was saying you're related to E.T. I don't know how that means. Oh, the extraterrestrial. <laughs> well, yeah, we are extraterrestrials. We all are. Billions of years ago, when we left our planet to come to this planet, to civilize it, and not to populize it, to populate it? Populate Popu it. Populate it. We got all kinds of new people in the chat. And what's up, Dave from Stars Now UK is in the chat room, hey. and Aaron Paul is in the chat room. His new book, I Don't Care, to you guys, it's coming out. We're getting our copies next week. I can't wait. I, you know, I'm so sick of him already. I'm going to smack that bitch when I see her. <laughs> You're going to see her in a little bit. <laughs> She's coming on again. She's calling in for a minute. Oh, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> you know, oh, it's that little trampette. She promised me that book so long. It's, it's coming, the, though. I got yeah, a, she's coming. I got the email. only thing that comes is her. She said, <laughs> it's in the mail. Oh, it's in the mail, Ron. It's in the mail, Ron. It's in the mail. I got an actual, I got, a, I got an email from, like, the publishing place saying well, it's they coming. they suck, too, because they did, No, they're doing, they're, they're, no, what they did is they redid it because the first printing didn't come out as good, and so they're sending us a better copy. I don't believe this. <laughs> like, what kind of world are we living in? <laughs> I want to read his book so I can insult him. So I can pick out all the stuff I want and say, oh, yeah, Aaron, so that's what you did. You did a four-way with who? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, so to... you, you were a prostitute on 3rd Avenue for how many years, Aaron? Oh, yeah, how much money did First you First of all, I Googled. I, I, you guys listened up. So Aaron Paul's in the chat room, and I was like, oh, you know, let's like Google Worlds Apart because that was one of my favorite boy bands, you guys. They were fantastic. And actually, Worlds Apart um, sold 10 million records. And Aaron, and Aaron was fired for molesting the rest of the <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ron, Ron. What? No, that's not what happened. What happened? Aaron Paul was not fired for molesting anyone. <laughs> it's not a good joke he's saying. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, get with it. <laughs> All right, let me clean. You don't joke about molesting kids. I clear right, that up for clean Aaron. That up. Let me clear that well, up for Aaron. He was a kid himself, so he really was just having sex. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love and adore Aaron Paul. <laughs> there we you go. Teach, we tease there each other constantly. I mean, we are like make believe at each other's throat, and it's not real. I love him to pieces. He calls me Uncle Ron, and I, I mean, Aaron Paul's one of my favorite people in the world. But I do bust his chops every opportunity I can. There you go. Thanks, Chad. My yeah. pleasure. For those for those out there who might believe it, yeah, please don't believe such a thing. Never know. Never know. No, uh, uh, no, because a lot of a lot of people are tuning in for the first time here, I guess, and they yeah, don't well, know no, us. Aaron Aaron likes to molest eighty year old men in wheelchairs oh, <laughs> in nursing in homes. In that case. <gasps> That's funny. You got right. Like, Aaron's it. in the chat room. He said, "Thank you, Aaron. I love you. You know that." And everything. It says there's say lots of juicy show. stuff for you in the book, Uncle Ron. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I want to hear all the sex stuff. <laughs> Why is it that you only want to hear the sex stuff? Because she's such a whore. No, she's not. The sex has to be incredible. No, she's going to talk about lots of things. I hope he only talks about his boyfriends. He's got the most gorgeous boyfriends in the world. He also going to talk about working with Simon Cowell. Who and cares about Simon? Oh, I do. That other and having case. a song. Probably that it was on the Queen soundtrack, that Academy Award movie. Who's the Queen? Uh, Aaron? The, no, the Queen was a movie. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I want to read. Aaron Paul has dated the most gorgeous men in, in the world. 
Every, all his boyfriends, one more beautiful. They want to know why do you have a cactus on your willy? <laughs> a cactus on my willy. I guess that shows where people are looking. <laughs> I didn't even notice till now. Thanks, thanks, chat room. That's some funny shit. That was um, actually that was uh, Hannah Clive who brought that out. <laughs> That's funny. Little prickly pear. <laughs> that is hilarious and we know you love us Aaron we love you too and that's that's we're gonna call our first guest you guys so how about this we're gonna play a song our first guest you guys is gonna be Karen White mm-hmm. this is a video for one of her songs Unbreakable uh, it's a beautiful beautiful song I thought since we played uh, Superwoman last week we'd play something different uh, so check it out everybody this is Unbreakable by the incredibly talented Karen White and we're gonna get her on the line <laughs> Unbreakable 
right, Jimbo, there you go. All right, everybody, that was Unbreakable by Karen White, who we have on the line now. And before we do a proper introduction, just say something to make sure everybody can hear you. I'm here. I'm there. I'm nice. everywhere. <laughs> That's what you Yeah! This is so awesome. I'm, I am, I'm very excited. Yes, we can hear you, and we're very excited. So now, everybody, we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Multi-platinum recording artist, two-time Grammy nominee, Karen White. Hello and welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. This has been, you know, I'm so excited. You know, I found out, I talked to you guys, what, two weeks ago? And and you guys are doing this major promotion. I'm like, yes, get me all excited. So I'm glad to be here, too. Let let me introduce you to everybody. Starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hi, sweetheart. Are you married? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not married. Are you? Wait, yeah, no, he's I'm married, married to me. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, I think I think um, Eileen told me that. Yes. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Is your husband rich? No, he's not married. No, he's not she's not married. Oh, now. listen. All right, Jeff. You have a boyfriend. My ex-husband was rich. Was, well, that's good. <laughs> listen, is your is your boyfriend rich? No, he's rich. Okay. Alchemy and spirit. No, 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 no. The reason I'm getting to that is remember one thing you're gorgeous, you're beautiful, and beautiful is worth money. Oh. Don't give beautiful away for free. Ugly gives it away for free. Ugly's desperate, it'll take anything it can. But gorgeous like you, you just walk around saying, Honey, I'm expensive, I'm wonderful, I love you to death, just keep buying and giving, and I love you to pieces. Wow. You have to remember too, Karen. Look how beautiful when when she you is. get a compliment, and you have a huge gay following, and when you have a com- when you get a compliment from a gay guy, right. you know that they don't want anything, so you know it's a real compliment right. because they're not trying to get you know in make your, a play. They're not trying to do anything with you. They're just giving you a compliment because you know it's true. So when you get a compliment from a gay guy, that's the biggest compliment in the world. We're not trying to get in your panties if you wear them. <laughs> Anyway, you are gorgeous. Keep introducing. We are done. Wait, I want to just talk to her. Are you? Were you always beautiful, or are you an ugly, spangly kid who got gorgeous? I, I, I don't know. I was okay. You know, I got. I grew into my beauty. You know, as as a lot of black women, as we age, we find out what works for us. And when I was in high school, I wore these thin eyebrows, and my eyebrows, you see, are naturally thick. So I should have been doing the thin. It's just you don't know what to do. So it's not that you're ugly; you just don't really know your. How to be beautiful? You're being trendy and like. Well, you had Lena. You had Lena Horne as an image. You had Dorothy Dandridge as an image. I mean, you had a lot of beautiful movie stars for the '40s and '50s that you could have emulated, copied how they wore their hair. Look, even that bitch Diana Ross was beautiful. Yeah, and I did that when I became a star. But I'm talking about the ugly duckling days when I was trying to figure it out. You know, I didn't have a a glam squad then. Okay, that, that would go back to the Dorothy. Remember who Dorothy Dandridge was? Of course. Oh, I don't know. A lot of people don't know Dorothy Dandridge. You yeah. know, she's from the. She was a gorgeous, gorgeous black woman. Absolutely oh, gorgeous. Yes. Beautiful. Hang, gotcha. on, hang on, hang and on. So was Lena Horne. Oh, yeah. Stunning and a voice like you can't forget. Mm-hmm. I channeled oh. Dorothy Dandridge on one of my videos, Walking the Dog. So I had the whole retro. Mm-hmm. You know, look like hers. Very classic, matte red lip. You know, clean. Gorgeous. You know, just so you know, hair that was that that real full, but you know, real hair. So it was cool. Well, <laughs> even, even my Patty Labelle is a beautiful woman. 
Yes. I adore Patty LaBelle. Okay, hang on though, because like they've got everybody. She needs to be introduced to everybody right, as you're talking. Well, we don't have to do it always the way you do. <laughs> yes, it. we, we do. do it so now you have to say hi to Chad. He's the man behind the boards. He's actually in Florida. Hi, Chad. How you doing? Doing well, Karen. Uh, I'm straight, and you are beautiful. And Ron, <laughs> you're my cog. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Keep it clean, oh, Chad. Keep it clean. I am. Then we have a chat clean. room. We have a chat room full of people. <laughs> Literally, we have. Uh, we have Belgium, Germany, we have the UK, we have Canada, we have uh, now, every country represented. Not as, that's not as no, interesting as uh, my anyway. asking her that please, is her boyfriend rich. Anyway, mm. say hi to the cha- everybody in the chat room and say hi to Eileen because she's in the chat room. Yes, hi Eileen and hi all of my beautiful fans all across the world, my international fan base who, who love you. Whether you have a hit or not, <laughs> and uh, I'm just excited to be, you know, speaking to you all. Thank you guys for for joining and tuning in. Uh, my, like I said, I have such love in the in outside of the United States, and I love it. <laughs> so I also so, I have so does a very very loving sweet friend of mine who I adore, who I always help. And she plug. might know. Do you know Lily McLeod? Nicole, Lily Nicole McLeod. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't know Lily. No, she didn't. I'm gonna introduce you guys on Twitter. You'll love she her. She is killing Europe right now. She is the rage in uh-huh. Europe. She sings. She it's a famous song in the 1980s. I forgot. She was a dance singer in the 80s who was on X Factor. Uh, got eliminated in the fifth in the uh, as uh, the fifth person on the last season of the United States X Factor. But she's uh, you know in her mid 50s and she's beautiful Gorgeous. and like you. And a beauty, she's really really a beauty good. Like you. You'll bo- like her with a body yeah, of death. Okay, I've seen her. I just my, my friend just pulled her up. Yeah, she's yeah. gorgeous. I love it. Okay, and and actually, she's, she'd be good to open for you when you're on and tour. She's got a voice, <laughs> my dear. You got to hear that voice. She makes Barbara Streisand sound like an old rusty car. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two two other shout outs you have to do for us. Number one, congratulations, you're on the cover of Get Out magazine. And I'm gonna tell you a quick story. Um, so the guy who owns Get Out magazine, his name is Mike Todd. And uh, we worked together in Florida in retail many, many years ago before he became a magazine owner and become, before I became a TV host. And, um, uh, and we hooked up. Eileen actually connected us again when we lived in New York uh, a couple years ago. And so we were on the cover of the magazine. And he's listening now. I know he's listening. I asked him if he wanted to call in because when we were back in the day, he used to sell CDs and stuff. And he like, loved you so much. Like you were like one of his top five favorite like singers, and so he was like, "You guys got to get Karen White, you know, like on the show." And and I invited him to call in, but he's too shy to call in. But I would like you to just say, "Hey, to Mike from Get Out Magazine," because he'll appreciate that. Yeah, I've been getting lots of texts back and forth and emails. Hey, Mike, what's up? I love the magazine article. You did a fabulous job, and thank you again for you know. Wondering what happened to the Superwoman? Where did she go? You know, did she fall off the planet? So thank you. And I'm so happy she didn't fall off. And then we have another friend who was in a famous UK boy band called Worlds Apart. They sold 10 million records. And you are his absolute favorite singer. And he's in the chat room now. And he's probably like, he's just dying. Because all he keeps writing is, we love you, Karen, over and over again. So just say hi to Aaron. (laughs) His name's Aaron Paul. Aaron, yeah. I think Colleen was telling me about him. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Yeah. You were so sweet, and I definitely appreciate the love. Give it to me. Give it to me. There you go. All right, now you can ask her something, Ron. <laughs> I, I, I fell asleep. Oh, well, everybody else did. And the, the reason they tune in is because they're all included. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I hate all this Hollywood shit. That's all <laughs> we're surrounded by. Every party we go to, we just went to a big birthday party for Tristan Rogers' wife, 
Teresa the other night. It was wonderful. And everybody you talk to is in the business, and everybody's talking about themselves in the business. Well, you know, I'm an interviewer that had a show for years, you know, all over the place, and I never ask questions like, what's your latest song? Because people know that already. They're your fan. I ask, like, you know, the last guy you were out with, was he right? Was he nice? Did he turn? <laughs> you know, was he bad for you? Yeah. Or like, you know, well, like, you know, how? What was your greatest orgasm ever? Oh. Things like that. You know, people want to know that stuff. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. They want to know: Are you a Christian or are you a wicked woman? I mean, wow. th they want to hear all that stuff. They don't want to hear this. Actually, emotion. though, but she has she hasn't been kind of out of the spotlight. Meanwhile, she's so recently. gorgeous. She's so gorgeous. She's, she's been out of the spotlight 50, a little 50, bit. Thousand men after her. I want to hear who was the best one. Who'd you date that was the most famous? Um, her husband. Okay. Most famous. I don't know if it was my husband. Who was, uh, who was your husband? Wasn't Jimmy anyway? Jam your husband? Oh, Terry Lewis. Oh, Terry Lewis was your husband. Okay, I'm sorry. Jimmy no, Jam no, and Terry Lewis. Who's Terry Lewis? Well, Jimmy J Terry Lewis is half of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the biggest like production team in music. Iconic, legendary. They're you like, know? They're like well, Janet then, Jackson. Then you must know uh -huh. my other pal. Angie B. Angie. Uh, uh, she might. She might know. She's a lot more popular. Angie B. Do you know Angie B? Yes, of course. That was. Back in the day, yeah, That's right. Angie, I love we my, love Angie. We love her. She, I saw you know we we stayed at her house overnight, and the next morning we went down to breakfast, and I looked at her. I said, Angie, you have eyelashes on. What do you put your eyelashes on in the morning? She said, No, Ron, I have them put on. They last three, four weeks. There she was, sexy with the bazooms hanging out and the hairdo and the eyelashes, the whole face. And I thought to myself, Holy shit, why? Oh, don't actually, we have she's in Atlanta. Angie B, because Angie Angie's lives in Atlanta. Gorgeous, six thousand square foot house on the side of a cliff. She hangs out with what's his name, Hammer, MC Hammer. MC Hammer. She was part of his crew. He's different. My 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 guy over here, Derek, producer. He was telling me Angie Stone. I said, No, Angie B is not Angie Stone, right? That's oh, no, no, no. The Angie B is from Hammer's camp, right? From Hammer's camp. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, when Jimmy, when, when, Jimmy, <laughs> when Jimmy and I got married, we mm -hmm. used a song that Angie sings called "Love." It oh, is. Really? That was our that was our wedding song. Our wedding song. It is the most beautiful song in the world, and Angie sang it at her home on a piano, and I was just destroyed because she really sang it for us with such love and and caring. We love Angie. She's the bestest. So, do you, I know you're in Atlanta now? Do you like live on the East Coast and the West Coast, or do you live in Atlanta? Live in Atlanta. Um, yeah, I live here. I've been okay. here. Okay couple of years that I used to live on the West Coast in Los Angeles in the Glendale area. So, but I miss LA and, um, you know, so hopefully I'll be able to get back, but it was just too expensive trying to, uh, restart my career investing in myself. So I bet on myself and I moved here and I, and I like it, but it is a little, you know, it yeah. is a little, <laughs> yeah, rural, country rural. and a little bit of, you know, you have to deal with a little bit of racism and prejudice. And so that all thing. Yeah, it's different in LA. We just moved to Listen, California. If so. we give you Angie's number, call her and hook up with her. She has the best. She has a great social life. And her house is gorgeous. <laughs> and you, let me tell you something. The men that go to her party, one more gorgeous than the other. She don't know ugly friends. She's got, she got a boyfriend. That doesn't matter. She can have two boyfriends. <laughs> oh, I she doesn't have a boyfriend. Oh, she has a she I, has a significant person in her life. It I don't think, matter. I, I, oh, he I, just likes everybody to be fixed no, up. No, so no. don't worry. I, was, I had five boyfriends at the same time. You know that. I was dating five guys. You, I swear to God, I'm not lying. Dating five guys. 
And they all liked me and they all wanted a relationship, but I didn't like any of them because this one was missing that. The other one didn't have the other one was a bullshit. This one's a liar. This one drank. This one played the horses. You know, you got to filter out the garbage, honey, and only pick the winners. So you look like you. I want to do some bragging for you real quick because anybody who's just tuning in now, this is Karen White. Um, You guys know her. She had she had the Billboard Song of the Year in 1989, Superwoman. She's the first female artist in history to have her first three solo releases hit number one um she's got secret rendezvous i i I, secret rendezvous is the room one that like mike loved so much like we used to hear that when we were working he would play that thing like six times over (laughs) um the way you love me you guys she's got all these hits and now she's making a comeback as not only a phenomenal singer that she's always comeback didn't you see norma desmond Comeback is not. Well, she's word. coming back as an actress, though, and no, she's not really known it, as an it's actress. It's her return. To okay. The screen. Your return to the Ooh, big I screen. Like that. Yes, that's right. He's he's very good at these things. Your return. Now, comeback yes, means you I'm left. Returned. She never left. She's just returning. So, you guys, Karen Karen White has a brand new uh, film out called Gale in the Storm. Is it? It's actually out, right? Or is it? Is it out yet or no? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's out on Amazon. So, yeah, independently on my site at Gale and the Storm, G-A-L-E and the Storm.com, bringing back the funk. So, <laughs> so Gale and the Storm, you guys, is loosely based on your life with manager Jay yep. King, legendary music producer and founder of the Grammy Awarding Reading Group Club Nouveau. And you actually, like, yeah. wrote this and produced this all on your own. So this is like a total indie Karen White and team project. Oh, yes, yes. It's an indie project that my partner and I, Derek Muhammad, we wrote together and um, we were auditioning. And I'm the type of person I've always been uh, very ambitious. And I said, you know, I want to do things myself. I don't wait for somebody to give me a role or to get booked. It's like that sucks. You know, today's world, you do it yourself. And that's um, right. Right. So we did your ass. So forget it. Yes, and it was so ambitious, and we used, you know, of course, I didn't want to spend a ton of money. I didn't have a ton of money. So the great part is that we used, you know, twenty thousand dollars. We we did it with these two um, college students from Morehouse, and uh, seven days to shoot it. We recorded the soundtrack at the same time. So I would get up in the morning from five to noon and do vocals, and then at, from one to one o'clock in the morning, we'd shoot the movie, and it was it was incredible, and it was fun. And um, you know, I'm I'm just an entrepreneur, and and it was just it was just a, a great you know great feat to do this and to say like wow I did it you know. Let me ask you a question. I want an honest answer, if any answer at all. Okay. Three three hits in a row. Money okay. was made. Money was made. How badly screwed did you get? Because Angie got screwed. Nicole got screwed. Back in those days, all the stars got screwed of money. They got nothing. Those girls had super hits and made... What, what was it Angie said? I no, Angie did. Yeah, but she didn't make it. Expose got super Expo- screwed. Yeah, ex- oh, uh, Actually, do you know the very- girls from Expose? Yes, I did something with them about five years very, ago. Well, They're the, very good friends of very ours. Very good friends, especially Joya. We love them. Joya to pieces. But they didn't make any money. Joya was got beat out of so much money. She made zippity doodah and her music made millions. Back then there was something wrong with the system. Did you get burned? Uh, yes, I did. I did. I got burned. Another one. Another one. Yeah, okay. but not, it was, you know, my thing was is that I had such great, I had like, my manager was Larkin Arnold who was the president, who used to be the president of Sony who signed, you know, Luther and Shaw Day. And so I had, you know, these iconic managers. And so I was, 
I would, we would, my deal was better than most artists and I'm being a single artist, but I kind of got robbed by my accountant. They say that happens a lot. They say that happens a lot. Why is that? The accountants do that. How could they get away with it? Right. I mean, I didn't know anything. I'm on the road, you know, at 24, I was opening for Bobby Brown, you know, making millions and, um, you know, I was working. I didn't, I couldn't even spend it. We, we performed like six nights a week. You guys know how hot Bobby Brown was. And, um, so after I got off the road and then, you know, of course I'm like, Oh my God, you know, expenses, expenses, expenses. And, and then it wound up coming out to that. He was also stealing from Prince and, you know, some of his other artists that he had at the time. But, um, Wait, and nobody got wise to this guy. Right. No, they got it too wise late. To him. It was just too late. I mean, how do you screw Prince out of money? Prince had to have the biggest staff going of wise guys, smart people. Right. Well, the, just the thing of, you know, exactly. You know, somebody's got to make sure. I would never give. My part was where I, I messed up is that I let him write checks for me. And I would oh. never let anybody write a check. No, never again. Never, never At least you again, learn from it, because this time when you this time when you make millions, it's all going in your pocket. Oh yeah. And uh, let me tell you guys. So after you know when I got out of the business, I started. Um, you know, I went through a terrible divorce. I wouldn't say so much terrible, but the fact that I didn't think that I would ever, you know, get a divorce from the love of my life. He he left you, or you left him? Um, it was mutual. Um, more so. You know, he wanted out of the relationship. Was he a play? Was he a player? No, not at all. He was an incredible man. He was an incredible man. I just wasn't mature enough. We had I had three stepchildren and I had adopted a son and people don't know this. So we you know, I didn't really. And then I had my own child. I didn't know how to be at all. And uh, that was one thing because I have tunnel vision. And I'm very good at like if I'm going to attain a goal, I'm great at doing that one thing. But I wasn't good at being a wife. You know, a mother, a stepmom, an entertainer. It just, I didn't know how to balance it all. And so, not, not easy. Nobody can. Yeah. And so, you know, and being 24 and 25, it just, you know, it was just, I, you know, I really had, hadn't really learned yet. And now I can say I'm a superwoman because I've been through some things that I know, you know, I've persevered and I get what it means to, to be all, to wear all of these hats. And do them, you know. I, I love that so much. So many celebrity friends of mine who are older, like me, have yeah. grown children, and the children mostly hate their parents or have very little to do with their parents. Or if they do have anything to do with their parents, it's to take money from them. And these are major stars. And yeah. when when asked why, these kids say, "I wanted a mother." I wanted to come home from school and have cookies and milk and my mother helps me with my homework. But when I got home, my mother was on a photo shoot on a chaise lounge, all made up glamorous with thousands of people around. And I went over and said, Ma, and she'd say, go away now. You can't you see I'm busy. And the kids just resented the fact that the mother had a phenomenal. I'm talking about like Lana Turner and stars like that, that are major, major stars. And let me say this, you're exactly right. And I didn't want to be that. And I saw myself becoming that because, you know, when you, you have to, when you're hot, like I was at that time, you know, it's like, okay, the commitment is going to the next level and there's a sacrifice. And I wasn't really ready to make that sacrifice um, and, and, and be, you know, do what I knew it would take to go to the next level. And so Warner Brothers, I remember I had a song out called I'd Rather Be Alone Than Being Happy. And it was during the O.J. Simpson and Nicole, the whole thing that happened with them, domestic violence. And this song was 
really pretty much talking about that. And they were like, you could have a platinum record if you would just get out there and tour. And and at the time, I was having problems with my marriage and at home. And see, you got to think, too, Terry was more busier, busier than me because he was a nonstop, you know, one of the hottest producers of that era. So we had an AM and a PM nanny. And it was just, I, I did my mother was such, I had such an amazing childhood growing up. I knew that I wasn't proud, you know, of, of that's not the kind of mother that I knew I wanted to be. So I stepped back, but I had no idea that I would actually, you know, like quit the business. It was just like, whoa, as time went on. And I, I but I needed to, to grow and I needed to, um, when you have success so early and then, you know, my first thing I did, you know, with Jeff Lorber was successful. Then I wound up doing that's the way you love me. That was gold and platinum and international. It just happened a little too fast. So I couldn't appreciate what good was when you have that kind of success fast. Absolutely. Kind of, oh, it's just supposed to happen. <laughs> Awesome. I've, I've heard that from a lot of celebrities, too. Did you ever feel in a way that you were becoming Diana Ross? Oh, God. Oh, I wish I was. No, 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 you don't wish you were because she was not the nicest person <laughs> in the world. No, um, that sense. no, no, not. No, I've always been. Did you every- think you were above everybody and you were superstar? Oh. And, and oh. you know, you, I, you can tell me. that she didn't think that no, just by I, talking I, to I, her. I, I'm getting gossip and dirt from her. Shut your fucking mouth. Oh, hey. Excuse <laughs> my French. But, you know, she's wonderful. She's open and honest. I love it. And you know how many people are loving you right now? Because you're real. You're not just a recording star. You're not just a voice. You're a person. And people adore a person. And you are a wonderful person. And you're honest. And I love your interview. Oh, thank you. Yes, but but no, not no diva. If anything, I'm I'm a Libra. So I'm just like, I'm a cool guy. Me too. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I just love beautiful things. I love people. I root for people. And it was more so, um, you know, me not believing in myself, if anything, because you're around like, you know, I don't have a Grammy yet. My husband has a Grammy. Janet, you know, is in the next room recording. She's got multiple Grammys. So it was, and I was out of my element. So I'm, when I moved from LA, I kind of got a little bit off kilter moving to Minnesota because I didn't really have my friends or my support. And my whole, my, my husband was amazing, but the full Karen White, it was like that Libra has to be balanced. And I was, I never quite was balanced. And um, also, you know, my first hits were written by the amazing L.A. Reid and Babyface and, and also with Daryl Simmons. They wrote those hits for me. And um, on, on the second album, they should have repeated that, that my second album. And for some reason or another, uh, they didn't want to do it because they were doing Tony Braxton. And so they pretty much, I can't, don't do that. I can't see. Sorry. Don't do that. Um, Sorry, you guys. But um, they were um, working with Tony Braxton. And so they said, well, you know, why would we, you're competing, you know, against, that's my, our artist. We can't do you. So so it, it, Jimmy and Terry was never really supposed to do my music. It was just kind of, and I have to say that because uh, they really didn't want to do it. They felt like, why wouldn't you continue your success with LA? Wait a minute. If, if they're making a lot of money with you, they're stupid. Why didn't they continue it? What's their yeah, story? What was uh, the real reason? Give me the real reason. You know what you're not saying. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, Come on, I tell me. No, nobody, nobody's listening. It's just you and I. I won't tell. <laughs> yeah, mainly because of, you know, just the, the dynamic between the two producers. I think 
L.A. especially, L.A. Reed, because he's very competitive. So it's like, okay, you go be with Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. You know what I mean? And it was like, how did how did that personal thing become, you know, it should have stayed professional. And so I think it was a little bit of ego and a little bit of, you know, like you said, Arista, they were, they were creating their own artist, LaFace, and it was a competition. And they, you know, it wound up to where they said, let, you know, Jimmy and Terry do it. So I guess I think, that was- I th- so that's hey, how you uh, got screwed. No, no, I think, though, because uh, one, one thing you said uh, in in that, um, you know, like Janet Jackson's recording in the other room and she's got a bunch of Grammys and your husband has a Grammy and everything. I think because of the high level of environment that you were in, if you were any other singer and you got nominated for two Grammys and had three number one hits, like you can't even it doesn't even get any better than that because you were in the room with like the people that there is nobody bigger on the planet. Then um, mm-hmm. you, you, you were jaded a little bit because. Because you were like in a competition trying to achieve something that they had, even though you had really already done it all. I mean, at 24, you really accomplished the highest things that any musician could ever accomplish in the world. I wish I felt that like that, but that's why it's so important to to understand you you know the history of a thing and and to never see. For me, I was always trying to. Uh, um, and I still have to worry about that. I always have to reflect and be reminded of my accomplishments and who I am instead of what I'm trying to achieve. Because when you when you keep trying, you forget. And that even even till today, I've just started to really embrace like, you know, like, you know, you have this audience, you have people who love you. And it's, it's that's the sad part about especially being a, a, a black entertainer, because. I believe that, like the you know white white artists, they their artists as they get older, they become more timeless and vintage and classic and oh my god, we you know more iconic. And as far as with black artists, a lot of them become oh well you, you know you used to be or you know they no 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 no. I have to disagree I, with you. I must disagree with you. One of the greatest artists. Wait a second. One of the most famous, most popular, greatest artists of our day is my wonderful Patti LaBelle. You cannot beat Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle is the ultimate voice. There's no one in the world, black, white, green, orange, I don't care what color you are. Patti LaBelle is the super, superstar. So you're wrong there. A lot of white people falter also. I know some singers who were white. Johnny Mantis, mm-hmm. my love. I love Johnny Mantis. He's my boy. Johnny Mantis, one of the greatest singers. He's still working and he's got millions and trillions of white audiences going, adoring him. So I don't think you have a point there. Uh, you might have one personally somehow, which is going to next question. I asked this to Lily McLeod. Lily, you started off in Pennsylvania in a crappy town. Your uncle was a dope dealer. Somebody else was a prostitute. You were surrounded by horrible people. You had no chance of ever being anything but a hooker or a dope addict or just a little black skinny girl in a horrible environment. Lily, what made you get out? And she said she found the Lord. Okay, good. Jesus helped her. She still to this day is a Jesus person, and she thanks him. Christian is Well, you know what I mean. (laughs) He knows she knows. She knows what I mean. So Lily McLeod pulled herself out of a bad environment because she had a belief in something higher and greater. Today, she's a superstar. Um, This is what I tell a lot of black people that I meet, young black people, especially when I was in New York, who's starting off in the business. I say, don't let the white guy scare you. All right. Don't let him pull, pull shit on you. 
what does he think you are? Like, yes, I'm, I'm a common man. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. Those days are gone. We don't do that anymore in Hollywood, okay? We don't show black people as morons walking around with their big eyes going, woo, woo, woo. Today, black people are presidents, Obama. I mean, you know, let's face it. Black people are just as wonderful as anybody else. And I tell this to all young people. Do not go into the white world thinking the white people don't like you. That's a terrible thing. That's like me being gay. I go into the straight world thinking people don't like me. Well, that's not so. Because for one that doesn't like me, 20 do. Gotcha. And it's good. And that's the kind of thinking you have to do and teach anyone that you know and say, you know what? Not all white people are prejudiced like Donald Trump. You know, everybody awesome. everybody is equal. Also, though, another thing you said, though, like because what I have to say is like I, I do th- I, I do hear your point. And I think if you were to look overall at, at the amount of entertainers. You're probably right. A lot more of the the white ones become more. Yeah, but we have. Hang, hang on, let well, me wait, finish. We have ten, I didn't interrupt well, you. But wait a second. I have. I, <laughs> we, have we have ten black entertainers to one white. No, that's not true. Oh, we've got a wonderful just, score of black people. Please, our best music is black people. Come on. Okay, but you, I know, you don't have. listen to music overall. Ah. She's talking over overall. Ah. Yes, time out. Ah. I'm talking about the millennials pretty much. They don't appreciate the history. No, of you are right, and you're a hundred percent right. They don't appreciate anything, millennials. Yeah, millennials unfortunately don't appreciate anything. They they, they only want to go on their cell phone. But you actually look like you could still be 24 and like fit into the whole millennials thing. The music is fantastic. And I think one thing that maybe, I don't know if you were even aware of what a big gay audience you actually had back in the day. And and coming now that that you are uh, re-emerging... Uh, into the world and everything like that's one thing that you need to make sure that you you capitalize on the fact that gay people love you capitalize on that yes you capitalize on it listen my belief is we're all the same color our souls are the same color souls don't come in color did you know that when we die and we leave our bodies it's all the same color honey so there's no such thing, okay? And she doesn't have to capitalize on gay oh, people. I don't that's, mean capitalize that's like terrible. that. But. All she has to do is show that gorgeous face in a gorgeous gown, singing a fabulous club song, and everybody loves her. Absolutely. And, and really, like you said, to me, it's like if gay people love you, you know, you really have arrived. And because and, there is no, what do you want from me? So the thing is, is that you guys just want fabulousness. So be fabulous and... <laughs> you're 100 percent right so you know most people think gay guys hate most people think gay guys hate women that's such a misnomer we do not hate women we love women but we only love women when they are the ultimate women we don't like them when they grow fat and old and horrible and they they don't take care of themselves we look at those women and say wow what a waste but when they look like you we pay money to go sit and look at you, to look at your makeup, your hair, your gown, your voice. We love you. We, we're enchanted by you. I do have to say with the whole like white icon thing, you know, all the white artists, they, they get old looking and they don't look good. And black don't crack because every fabulous, oh, every beautiful no. black artist, well, Angie B's gorgeous, Lily's gorgeous, and she's and gorgeous. And Doris Day stayed beautiful till she's okay, 92. But that's, okay, that's but, an exception. Peggy that's Lee. That's an was, exception. Even Chad <laughs> said that's an Peg, exception. Peggy Lee was beautiful until she died. Do you know who Peggy Lee is? Of course she knows Peggy Lee. Okay. Everyone knows Wait, Peggy Lee. So who are who the are queen some of, of jazz? Who who are some of the people that are out now that you're like, okay, like what kind of music do you listen to now? Mm-hmm. Like if you were driving down the radio, would you listen to Sirius? What channel would you listen to or something? Um, actually, 
honestly, I'm listening to like I'll, I'll do a, 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 a variety. I'll, you'll hear some Nina Simone, some some uh, I love Dina, Nina Simone. Love Nina. Oh. Um, what's her name? Um, what's her name? I like her. Uh, Janae Monet. Yeah, um, yeah, she's good. How about Billy Billy Holiday? Billy Holiday, yeah. who's who's a legend better than Billy Holiday? First of all, Ron's older than he looks, so that's why when he talks yeah. about people, he doesn't because he doesn't know who any of the current people you're talking about are because he's he's um I'm he's a the, child of the forties. I'm 78 years old, and I grew up with the greatest of jazz people. I hung out in the village with all jazz greats. I knew Earl Palmer, who was a fabulous uh, drummer. I guess you don't know who Earl Palmer is, but he was Gee, young. And I used to hang out over in the valley of Ventura Boulevard in a place called the Baked Potato. And the Baked Potato was a black <laughs> jazz club. And I hung out she there. She knows that one. Wait She's a smiling. <laughs> Red, Red Fox used to come in and all the great jazz people, a lot of white people in the business who were singers. We'd go there and we'd jam with all the black people. And this was in the day, my dear, where you didn't tell people you did that because they'd call you a terrible word. Uh-uh. Lover. And then we would get angry with them and say, no, we're just people lover. Wow. We're, we're people lover. You say you're in your 70s. You look incredible. You're 78. You. 78 years old, and I've seen it all, and I've been around. Now, my ultimate question, and I'm going to hang up and leave this room if you don't answer it correctly. What do you think of Patti LaBelle? Oh, my God. Patti is oh. fierce. And she's, she's just the ultimate diva can she sing i mean when patty sings i i melt when she hits those notes nobody can hit and she's still stunning and she's exactly my age 78 years old hey. she's up there yeah. working but the only thing is that bitch won't come on our show we can't get her i don't know how come <laughs> i'm gonna kill her I, i'm really we'll gonna go her. i'm gonna go to the main <laughs> line in pennsylvania drag her out of her house first of all you can't call her a bitch and I, <laughs> I say i say bitch with so much love behind you you crazy so hold on, oh, I want to do some promo for you. To tell you guys something, because if you don't know of uh, this new era, Childish Gambino is amazing. He's got yes. a new show. His name is Donald Glover. He has a show called Atlanta. I think he won a Golden Globe. And he's a, a artist. He's the next guy. You guys hear it from me. He's he's incredible. So it's that's a great show. Era. Actually, I've streamed. I've streamed it. It's a great show. Um, first of all, I want to tell people though. First of all, you guys, Karen's on Twitter, so it would be great if uh, you guys. Follow her. It's at Karen's World. It's Karen's K A R Y N S underscore World for her Twitter. She's got a website. It's Karen Karen's World dot M E because she's got a Mac. Karen White. Karen White dot me. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it really? Oh, Karen White dot me. Okay, and then you got to go to Gail in the Storm. What is it? Gail in the Storm dot com. Um, uh huh. Uh, and yep. that way you can see her music. She's got a whole new soundtrack with the whole thing. It's going to be fabulous. Um, and what I want to do is uh. I, I want to. I want you to introduce it. We're going to play the trailer so everybody can see it real quick, so that way we can try and get people to go to it. So I want you to uh, introduce it. Chad, do you have the trailer? I do. Okay, okay. so you work on, on that. And um, before we do that, too, I just want to say, too, you guys, she's got so much stuff going on. She's in a BET sitcom, Beauty and the Baller. I guess that's coming out sooner, or is that already out? It already passed last oh. year. Oh, okay. I missed that one. How about American American Bad Boy with Cat Williams? That passed. I did that a couple of years ago. Yeah, oh, I've been working. And she's going on tour in South Africa, UK, and Japan. Is that one real? 
Yes. No. Uh, uh, wait a second. When are you, when are you coming to when are you coming to Palm Springs and entertain for us? As soon as someone, the promoter calls me. But let hey. me tell you this. Okay, tell us. Call from uh, Kathy Sledge. I know you guys know her. Oh, she was on our show. Kathy. We had her on the show. She was she's, our very first TV show guest. She's my okay. other sweetie. I love Kathy. I'm she's good. a dear. Okay, so we're doing a show. Um, her, myself, and Denise Williams, the, the oh legend. Oh, God. Let's hear it for the boys. When you see Kathy, when <laughs> you see... Hang on, wait, 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 I just, wait, when you see Kathy... <laughs> Tell her we love her. Wait, wait, no, when you see Kathy, just give her a kiss on the cheek and say, that's from Ron Russell. Please, you have to kiss uh, Kathy. She's an okay, angel. I, I love her. I'll say, tell well, us let me what, tell you, August the 24th, 4th, <laughs> my God, at the Bethesda Jazz Club in Maryland. So August the 24th, we're going to be there for one night. My sisters and me, Kathy Sless, put this all together. Ooh. And uh, we did this one time. We did it before in, since in uh, Connecticut. And CeCe Pennis and myself, her and uh, Denise, and it was incredible. So we're going to do it again. But CeCe's not going to be there this time. But it's going to be an amazing show. We, do, we use the same band. And uh, we have horn players that used to play with Beyonce. And it's just, we all do our hits and we do a round robin. And it's awesome. It's a great thing. And then we come together and we sing, you know, some stuff together. So it's really cabaret with, you know. So I will, I'll tell you something. If you want to, uh, maybe a couple of weeks before it, if you want to get everybody to Skype in, we'll do a show promoting it. And all three of you guys, even if you're not in the same room, they can Skype from everywhere. Yeah. And you can all come on and we'll have everybody Wait, come on that's and Skype. Only, that's only on one condition, that you bring that show to Palm Springs, <laughs> we have the no. We have a theater here that seats a thousand something people. It's magnificent, gorgeous. The stage is gigantic. If you bring that show here, you will be a sellout. The guys will, and they will forget it. Will kill for you. What's the name of the, the uh, venue? I, I have. We have to figure. I'll find out. I'll I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Anybody. Anybody no. in the chat room? But know? even if you don't go, you can come on our show, all three of you. We no, would no, love but to that have place him. is fun. I know, but he loves it. So here's what we're going to do. Chad, you got the video, right? I do. Um, okay, so so Karen, go ahead and introduce the video to Gail in the Storm. We're going to play it for everybody. All right, here is my new indie budget. No, indie film, Gail in the Storm, bringing back the funk. <laughs> We have a very special guest in the house tonight. The lovely Miss Gail Storm. Meet Gail Storm. Once the former lead singer of the Grammy-nominated band Eclipse, they were on top of the world, so she thought. People love Eclipse because of our sound. But still, we need to change with the times. You a snake. I'm a survivor. The secret to change is not worrying about your past. Focus on your future. So what makes for the great Hannibal Shabazz? Man, I'm putting together a super group. We bring back soul. It's been a while since I've been on stage. Just hanging in with me. You just need to fall back in love with singing again. This game is like a Venus flytrap. It closes on your ass real fast. Quit right at the height of your career. Why come back now? I found out I got a whole lot more music left in me. I just want to know if you can help me. All right, what you need me to do? Take over the world. What kind of Hannibal are you? You got your good Hannibal, and then you got your Hannibal Lecter. 
They see your rise and they just want to latch onto your coattail. They don't want clips, they want you. I don't live in the past or the future. I live in the now. everybody so that's karen white's new film gale in the storm it's an indie film and, and tell us everybody where we can see that again now you can see it at galeinthestorm.com g-a-l-e and the storm.com or amazon.com gale in the storm there you go everybody and did you guys hear that music because that music was freaking amazing and i know you wrote the new songs for it mm. so everybody please support karen white and everything that she does because we want her to be around entertaining us for a long time because she is such a super talent. And I'm going to work on getting you guys to Palm Springs because I have some yeah. clout. I have to clout in this town. <laughs> Seriously, the theater I'm talking about, Jane Russell uh, and two other ancient movie stars did a show there. It was a sellout. Uh, it's enormous. It's three balconies, beautiful, beautiful arena. We're going to work on and it. You, but Kathy has to come too. And then I'm going to have a dinner party at my house for you girls. I'm going to cook you Italian food. And I'm going to hug and kiss you and hug and kiss my Kathy. And who else? Uh, Denise, Denise Williams. Oh, Denise. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that Holy a great shit. one? I would love it. Holy shit. Denise so, Williams. So now She sang with Johnny Mantis, a wonderful song. So, oh, my God. So, so yeah. now. That's going to be a night to remember, now. sweetie pie. All right. So now, Karen, uh, now you see there's somebody else on the line. We want to introduce hmm. you. He's, he was the former lead singer of Worlds Apart. They sold 10 million records worldwide. He's a huge fan of yours. He just wrote a new book. I don't know if you're mentioned in it or not. Uh, but you, you are mentioned in <laughs> it. And I want to introduce you to the incredibly talented, super cool guy. His name is Aaron Paul. Hey, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! You don't even. I've waited like twenty-five years to 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 be in your presence. I'm serious. Oh my gosh! It's only so, new. Tell me about off. your book. Well, my book is about my life. You know, basically uh -huh. from a kid till now, in the present day. It's like it's like a um, it's like a guide for anybody in the entertainment industry. There's mm. experiences in there. It's a fun, witty kind of read, but it kind of talks about. Try the navigating through the industry, just as you spoke about earlier with Jimmy and Ron, because mm -hmm. this game is not, it's not easy, you know. Oh, and nice. So if I can teach somebody else to, an easier path, then that's why I wrote the book. But you're in there. Yes, that's that's. Now, what Aaron, do you know that's, how much Aaron? Do you know do you know how much I love you? I, yeah, so when I, I when I tease you, I hope you don't get upset because Chad got upset with what I said. Never, People never. don't know that I that you call me Uncle Ron, and that's an honor. That's right. And I love you to pieces. <laughs> wait, wait, though. I want. And I, I wanna, miss you terribly. I want to know what does it say in the book about Karen White? <laughs> well, when, when I was a kid, we used to do talent shows um, in the little groups I was in. So we used to perform your songs in those talent shows. So I think you're like on page like, um, page. 13, it mentions that we, it was a performance that we, we sang Karen White songs, Bobby Brown. It was the early 90s, so you guys were kidding him. 
Yes. Wow, look, look at that, Karen. You made page 13. Jeez. <laughs> what, what, Aaron, what page am I on? Well, I used to sing your song, um, Love Story. <laughs> See, you got it right off. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So let me hear you. I just need I a little love. Yeah. Oh my God, he's singing to Karen White. <laughs> Karen, I would love to sing that song of you one day. It would, it would make my dreams come true. I'm seriously. Oh, okay, so you you live in the you were you're from the UK. And I'm you from the UK. I live in New York. But but with your childhood, you grew up in London or in the UK? Yeah. And I was too young to come and see you. You performed at Hammersmith Odeon. Yes! Remember? I was yes. too young to come and see my mom would let me go. Wow. <laughs> terrible mom. What a terrible yeah. mom. <laughs> I mean, like, London is such, you know, I, I call London, you know, the, the tastemakers because to me, real music, you guys, uh, you know, every genre, you know, you guys are always ahead. And um, my band, I have a band that I call my UK band, and I love them. They're so professional, and I mean, they are just, you know, really trained and on it. So, really, shout out to my London band. Well, you still have a very, very loyal, huge fan base in the UK. I mean, you are one of the legends. I'm seriously. I played at the jazz club, the uh, what's it called? You know, the jazz cafe. Jazz cafe. Three times, so I should be coming back. So yeah, well, London is waiting for you. You've you've never been forgotten, Karen, and you know um, there's an audience out there for you still. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about, Ron. You hear that? You never will be forgotten, and that's what I'm talking about. When I you win, know what? You know what? Good, like good. That. Listen, Karen. <laughs> good, good is never forgotten. Oh. Bad, bad is forgotten, but good is never forgotten. <laughs> Karen, I used to have to find girlfriends of mine at that time that looked like you. Oh, give me a break, a girlfriend, you big sissy. You big sissy girl. What girlfriends? What were you a lesbian? Back then, though, like when you were a lesbian. What were you a lesbian then, you little trash? What's going on, Uncle Ron? Listen, honey. I had to have a girlfriend that looked like Karen White. Wow. You guys know I've always had the big hair, so she had she had big curly hair, huh? Get the hair. Aaron, Aaron, when are you coming to visit us in Palm Springs, puta? I'm coming, me and I, we're coming in July, right? I think we're coming in. Oh, it's so hot here in July. What are you out of your mind? It's like 120. You melt. That's okay. They're going to come when we have the, now, when we set up the show for Karen White I'm and, have a big party. and everybody. They're all going to fly out for that. Now, listen, <laughs> Aaron, I just yeah. learned I just learned some very impressive news about you. I don't know if you want to talk about it. No, yet. no, no. He can't. No, we're not I doing think we're it. allowed to yet. No, we can't no, talk no, about no. it. Anyway, everybody out there. No, stay. no, we're not doing no. it. Oh, we're not doing no, we're not it? We're not doing it. Just don't keep it. Yeah, oh, keep it shit. That was going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so listen up, everybody. First of all, you can follow Aaron Paul on Twitter, too. He's at Music on Twitter. You definitely have to follow Karen. She's Karen, K-A-R-Y-N-S underscore world. We want everybody to go see Gail in the Storm. What else do you got going, Karen, that we can, like, promote to people? Well, um... Let me see. Besides that, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. You can get the soundtrack at KarenWhite.me. So or iTunes. So the soundtrack is funky. We talked about that. Um, and I'm singing. You know, the, I was inspired to. You guys remember who Betty Davis 
the you know was married to Miles Davis, real yes, the nasty gal. So I really take on this whole raunchy, edgy. So I just want you guys to know that it's not because some of my fans would be like, oh, we want to see you be fabulous. This is more of a funk singer, so she's a little raw and edgy. So, but um, the 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 soundtrack is really dope. I think you guys are like, oh my god, my daughter's calling me. Sorry, guys. That's okay. <laughs> It's live, so we're live. We get, take it all. And from what I wrote down, you guys, there's eight songs on the soundtrack. It's cosmic funk, soul, rock, and R&B. And the name of the album is Galen. It's soundtrack for Galen the Storm. And what's your fan club contact? My fan club contact? Just uh, KarenWhite.me. I swear, I I am the uh, president of the fan club. <laughs> and I will definitely, you know, I send out. I love today's world, though, because, you know, before we had, I used to have my nieces doing that. It's so you got to be hands on. I love it. I get right. to know people immediately. Yeah. But I don't honestly, I, I mean, I don't really read a lot of the stuff on like, you know, the, the, the blogs and the Twitters and the stuff like that, because I don't really have thick skin yet. I'm, it's getting better, but <laughs> so, age, age will make it better. Age will make it better. And also Aaron loves hands on, don't you, Aaron? Absolutely. <laughs> so hang on, no, and also, so 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 Karen, like we want everybody to go listen. You guys, Karen's got all kinds of music on iTunes, but I bet she doesn't get paid from all of them. So like, what's the best albums they should buy that you benefit the most directly? Look at you, you are loving it. Okay, Carpe Diem, Seize the Day. This was. Oh, let me put it up. This one. Look at me, you guys. This is me. I was trying to channel my whole Black Maryland. Oh, my it's, God. It's Are you too, gorgeous? It's, it's, wait, hold it right. It's reflecting. Bring, know, it's it in, bring it into the camera. Bring it all the way up to the camera. I don't even know. Is this? Come in yeah. Oh, my Come God. In. Look how gorgeous, how hot you oh, look. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. fabulous. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that that's, one, that's like the lady sings the blues. Yes. And I it's released Totally the lady sings the blues. And then also, you know, the Gail... Gail, uh, bring, bring it up, bring it close. Okay. That's the soundtrack for Gail in the Storm, everybody. Wow. Because um, we want you to make money on things that you sell and not things from that you did a long time ago. If you right. don't benefit, we want you to. We want plus we want everybody to hear the new music, of and course. the newest music. And also everybody buy Aaron's book because I know Aaron's mom, and we oh, yeah. have spoken about when Aaron was young. Karen, I'll send you one, okay? Wait, are you, you've been sending me that book for No, Christ. he's going to send Karen one, not oh, you. Oh, I mean, I'm sick already of <laughs> hearing you. You lied to me, you little tramp. You lied to me. You said it was in the mail. Your ass was in the mail. I never got my friggin' book. <laughs> Look at Karen. She's like, holy shit. We know him very, very well, I Karen. love this boy. He's like a member of the he family. Is, he is my nephew. I am his uncle. I love this boy to pieces. And I want to say, too, like uh, that I'm super happy because literally, Karen, I mean, and, and Aaron, Aaron has had much much success and and we go out with him places and we meet yeah. all kinds of really big famous people and nobody ever phases him for him to actually send me an email saying is there any way that you could please let me talk to Karen White I would be so appreciative <laughs> and he was like awesome. and he sent me like all these emails and I was like you know we don't ever bring anybody in to help with our guests because that's what Ron and I do but I was like Aaron's part of the family he must really want this for him to be sending me all these messages it's true um, and so like so you have really it made is. an impact in his life and I'm very happy and that we could let you like him say hi wait, to you. I said to Aaron, I said to Aaron, do you want to talk to Diana Ross? And he said, who's she? <laughs> <laughs> but Karen White, he wanted to talk to. What can I tell you? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, you gotta love that it. means a lot, especially coming from someone that's in, in the entertainment industry. And I totally know what you mean. You usually don't, you know, but there are these ones. And I'm so glad that, you know, 
first of all, my music, but now my reemergence and just my person, my spirit. That's the most important thing, right? right. Absolutely. It comes and goes, you know. So I just, you know, I hope that I was able to pour into you something that would keep you, you know, driven and. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Your best you, self, you, you, were, you were the soundtrack of my teenage years, and I trained my voice off of you, you know? Mm. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> so here's what we got to do, Wait, you guys. One thing I oh. want to tell her, I have learned in my life that singers that do not have anything other than a voice don't do it. But singers that give in their song themselves do it. And that's the trick to singing is being mm-hmm. you, right. bringing you out. And Aaron does that. When Aaron performs, he's all over the place. I mean, he grabbed a flag one time. What the hell he was doing with the flag? <laughs> and I yelled at him after. I said, what are you doing with swinging an American flag around? But anyway. Love it. Aaron does from his soul. What that, from his talk, heart. Talk about soul singing. Aaron sings like. I don't know what. It's like weird, but he's great. But so are you, we'll... Karen. I mean, you're, you're an amazing entertainer. I mean, you're all over the place as well, Karen, right? That's what I'm talking about. But you know what? It's like, it's for me, it's it's like you have to give it all. Like, leave, like James Brown said, Every leave it on the floor. You know, we, and that's right. the way I perform. I don't want to, I'm wore out. You right. know, and I've been in a room, you know, where Michael Jackson, I've seen him you know, record, and it's like one take and he's done. And it's like he gives every ounce. And even Janet, these are these performers, Prince, that we know. So I definitely, we come from that school. Absolutely. Tina Turner. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. You can't, if you, sing, if, you sing, if you sing empty, the song is empty. I firmly believe that. My friend, my friend Johnny Mantis, who I have, happen to know and I love him. Mm-hmm. Johnny Mantis, when he sings a ballad, and we've talked about it, he said he leaves the planet and he sort of goes mm-hmm. into the music and he becomes the song. And that's why he's so wonderful. When he sings, we melt because he's melting. Mm. Got to love it. So listen up, you guys, because we got to call Dr. Dre now. Um, so, uh, um, so we're getting ready to call Dr. Dre. So, so Karen White, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show, and we definitely want to have you come back with uh, with Denise Williams and um, Kathy Sledge oh, Kathy, and help promote that show. And we will see if we can figure out a way to get you guys booked I'm, out here. I that swear, way we can have I all you guys come to, God, to the house. I'm not lying. I want you girls here. We're going to have such a blast. Winter season, because right now everybody leaves town. Yeah, nobody's hot. here in the summer. But it has to be for in the, the fall place. and winter season, we're going to get you girls in that big, big auditorium, and then you're coming to my house. And if house. we do, then Aaron's probably going to fly out here and stay around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that depends. If I don't get my book, he doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so, so Karen, we want. I'm so still Aaron, waiting for the book, Aaron. So, Aaron, we want to like say, you know, that we're happy that we we worked it out that you got to speak with Karen. Karen, well, thank, thank you for you being so much. so gracious. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guest. You were open. You were delicious. You're delightful. You're beautiful. You're sweet. You're kind. You're charming. And guess what? You can sing also. Yeah. Mm. And everybody in the chat room loves you. Yeah, I do. I kind of love you, too. Oh, you know what? I feel like, you know, I love being around the wisdom and, you know, listening to you. I mean, you guys were funny back and forth. But, Ron, I will say that I I just can't I can't wait to be up under you and hear these stories. Amazing. I just know he's got just so Mm. much, you know, I've got. 58 years in the business. I've seen the biggest come and go. I've seen them kill themselves, die, deteriorate, become stars, stay, survive. I've seen it all. In fact, I'm starting to write a book. If I could, no, if I could remember half of the stuff that I remember. 
So you guys follow both of them on Twitter because we have to go. And Karen, thank you so much, and we'll be in touch. And I'll see you in Palm Springs, Karen. Bye. Bye, bye you guys. See bye. ya. Bye-bye. Everybody in the chat room absolutely like loved it. Oh, you have to love her. She's enchanting. Now, you, where's that snot nose? Where's Snotty? Where did he go? No, he had to go. We have another guest. Like, we oh, ran I wanted to talk time. to Aaron Snotty. about it. Hey, you guys, I hope you guys <laughs> like that. Uh, everybody in the, ta- in the chat room is writing how much they really, really enjoyed it. So That's I'm good. so glad everybody liked it. In the meantime, Chad, no, wait, we got to... Wait, just let me say something I wanted to say to Aaron. I have spoken to Aaron and his uh, assistant writer about the book. And they have told me certain things about the book. I cannot wait to read the book. And I would suggest to everyone out there to get the copy of this book because it's not, it's like, don't put down reading. You know, you don't want to put it down. That's what B. Kaladi said. She bought it. Oh, B. How did she get the book and I didn't? She paid for it. You're getting a complimentary oh, copy. So the free, the, oh, so the freebies get it like a year from now. Aaron, you're dead. When I get to New York, I'm going to pull your hair out of your head. Oh, that's not All right. So, hey, Chad, you, let's call our next guest. Let's play a song. Why don't we play uh, whichever the songs are the shortest. How's that? Allie? Dad? Yeah, let's play Allie. Everybody, this is uh, uh, Allie Jocko, working man, and we're getting ready to call Dr. Dre. Woo. Till I come back through the door I break my back seven days a week To build a class and make you my queen Give you everything you ever wanted and give you more I work for it, sweat for it Every night I take anything for you Won't stop, it's so hot Giving you a world that was built with these two hands Baby, I'm your working
All right, Jimbo, there you go. The name of the song is Working Man. Dr. Dre, say something. Let's make sure we can hear you. Hey, can you hear me? I hear you. Yes, we can hear you. Yay. All right. Let me do a let me do, I'm going to do a formal introduction for everybody. So now everybody, we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star show with Ron Russell, the iconic celebrated hip hop entertainer and educator Dr. Dre. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? I was just enjoying that song Hard Working Man. There you reminds go. Me of myself. I believe it does. I absolutely. So, uh, uh, and it's a cool show. It's a cool song. It's from the UK. So, let me introduce you to somebody. First, we got my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, buddy. Hey. Now, I've been hearing all this stuff about you. How fabulous you are. How great you are. Eileen is carrying on. I love him. He's wonderful. Jimmy's saying, "Oh, I can't wait to get him on the show." Well, you're here, and you better be great. You better answer the questions, and you better be everything they said you are. Or else, guess what? Uh-oh. I won't like you. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let oh. me tell you something. I have a dollar in your pocket right now, so you're going to like me. Trust me. <laughs> you know what? I wish I had a dollar in my pocket. We don't have a sponsor. We don't get paid. I work for uh, free. Jimmy has I'm me sorry. under his spell. I'm sorry. You got to put it on my tab then. <laughs> so let me introduce you. We got the man behind the boards. He's in Florida. He runs our show. His name is Chad Murphy. So say hello to Chad. Hey, Chad. Dr. Hey, Dre, go. it is a pleasure to have you. Welcome. What's going on? Hey, hey, Chad. Get it's a pleasure. Thank Watch you. Yourself, have, there we, go. we have a chat room actually full of people, and uh, every country is represented. There's a few people, too, who you know, because Aaron Paul's in the chat room, and Billy Hess is in the chat room, who's saying Aaron hello. Aaron Paul's one of my favorites. Yes, Aaron Paul's one of our favorites, too. Right Billy on. Hess, the photographer's in the chat room, and Eileen's oh, in the hey, chat Billy. room. Hey, Billy, say hi to Mark for me. And, and and we have every country represented, so just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody around the world in the chat room. You know, we're here representing the best way we can all around the world for the rock. Yeah, you go. You got to, like, love it. So, everybody, in case you don't know who Dr. Dre is, which you might not if you're, like, really young and dumb, but <laughs> Dr. Dre is everything. He's, like, the creator of pop culture, DJ, mm. composer, talent, scout, program, host, actor, author, critic. And you guys remember Yo MTV Raps with Ed Lover? Like, he's the founder of that. He basically put hip-hop on the map, and we're so excited to have you. So welcome to the show. Wow. I mean, I got to give you a couple more dollars. That was a great intro there. <laughs> that was funny. I, I handled you the money. curator, dog walker. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Father. Listen, yeah. listen. Well, listen I mean, I did a few things. Right. <laughs> listen up. Any money exchange, you give it to me. Oh. oh, I handled the money. I handled the money in this family. Rob knows a guy who knows a guy sitting next to a guy. I got yeah. you, Rob. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ron, you yeah. got you. What? He That's called funny. me Rob. I'm going to kill him now. No, Ron. Ron. I thought he called I me Rob. Ron. Come on. Okay, my, listen, I'm 78 years old. I can't hear. I can't pee. I can't see. Oh. I can't. Can't do anything anymore. I walk around in a coma. Hey, hey Ron, don't, don't get angry at 78 year olds. We're all going to get there one day. Hopefully, yeah, I'm here. It's, it's, not, it's okay. It's good. It's good. We're, we're going to make it to 78 school. <laughs> I, I yeah. love it. So so you're in New York now, right? My yes, hometown. I, yes, I, I want to I I just brag a little because you got like you got some two – You got besides all the great stuff that you've accomplished, and we're going to bring on some of that, you got new stuff. Uh, you're always working. You got great stuff, and you've got, you got two different shows. One of them is called Flesh Wound, and one of them is called Two Blind Mics. Why don't yes. you tell, tell us a little bit about them so we can help promote them? Oh, it's real easy. Dr. Dre's Flesh Wound is a show where we showcase different talent 
We talk about stories from political to adult film stars to uh, great musicians, great artists performing. And we just have great social commentary. And I got a great cast there that works with us there. And, and it puts it makes the show very, very uh, palatable. We're like a free form. I hate to use the word radio because it's not really radio. It's more like internet broadcasting. And that's what I feel it is. And the whole goal was to actually be able to bring back playing music across the ages and not have anybody worried about it. Just let the music be the music and let the people enjoy it and have fun talking to some of the great guests that we've had. And then we have a show called Two Blind Mics, which my partner, Superhero Sensei T. Reed in the house. We're both blind. So we do the show. He lives in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. I live here in Westbury, New York. And we do the show over the phone and over all type of different type of technologies. And interview all types of guests. And recently we just did this whole big thing on the Yo! TV Raps 30th anniversary experience that happened in New York on June 1st at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Yay! So, now, we're, Ron's we're from Brooklyn. Legs. I'm from Brooklyn. Yes, that's right. We're shooting the legs of that to become a pilot because everybody keeps saying, yo, I love listening to what you guys doing, but we want to see you. We want to see you. And we always do the rip thing going, well, we can't see you, so you shouldn't see us. But anyway, <laughs> no, we're, we're in the process of shooting the pilot in the next two months. So uh, there's quite a few people asking for it. So we don't even know where it's going to end up. But again, being that two blind mics that you can get at any where you get your podcast, you can pull it up and you can check out some of our fun stuff, some of our serious stuff, some of everything because we have it's a pretty good podcast. I love it. I also okay, like, so we love the Poconos for our visually impaired people that are watching or watching, listening, or some watching because they have some vision. Do yes. you have it? Do you have any vision? Uh, my vision is uh, put it this way: my vision is universal. It's it's as, it's as dark as night, but yet I see everything. Right. If so you that, understand what I'm saying, it's oh, no, absolutely. I, 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 you, know, I, I, you can get see, you can I, see more with listening and 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 uh, touch and feel than you can ever see with just your two eyes. Because some people, you know, like they have this little problem down at our, our southern border where some people thought it was one person's issue and it really was another person's issue. So today he signed a decree saying, "Oh, we can't separate families." You know what? I may not be able to see, but I know when right is right and when wrong is wrong. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you go. My grandmother had diabetes, and in her late 80s, she became blind from her diabetes. Mm -hmm. So I grew up as a kid taking care of my grandmother while my mother went to work, you know, during when I came home from school and stuff. So <clears throat> I know my grandmother used to say to me, I, I know more than you know. I hear and see, I hear through my, I know I see through my, she said it in Italian, I see through my ears, she said. Yes, we do. We she do. Said, we I know everything that you know. I don't miss anything. I said amazing. I go, I go to movies. I go to shows. And I have great yep, people around me. Like Heidi. I got Heidi Z around me that helps, takes me and does everything for me. She's amazing. When it comes to that, we got a great staff that works on Flesh Wound from G.I. Diamond Shell, from Anthony Shelton, from Dawn Michelle, from DJ C. Nose, and the list goes on and on and on. Of course, you know, my partner in crime, the reason I call him Sensei is because he's the gentleman that brought me out of the dark of the technology and actually plugged the technology in my hand and showed me that we are only as incapable as we allow ourselves to be. That's so, very good. I, 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 know, very good. I know people who are totally sighted and everything, and they're incapable. Now, this is the question I want to ask you. How and why and what made you do what you do now, having a disability and knowing the world is like not really um, 
what's the word I could use, accepting dis- disabled people. For some reason, disabled people are always pushed aside. And oh, well, that's very simple. we got to remember something. People in general are ignorant and people fear what they don't know. And the right. beautiful thing about what we're doing here is we're here to enlighten everybody to what they can do and what they will be able to do. See, I don't believe in the contractions. I believe in doing, not don't. I Absolutely. believe I can, not can't. That's why you've accomplished so much. Well, that's why you're the superstar you are. Because oh, come on. I'm not, a, I'm not even close to Jimmy Starr right there. Are you <laughs> serious? Jim, Jimmy Starr. I'm married, just, I'm married just, to Jimmy Starr. Let me tell you, he's a little nice guy. He's no big deal. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he's okay. He's okay. He just blows, <laughs> a, big, he blows a big horn. But, hey. uh, no, I also, wait, I also heard, though, that you're working on a new video series Um uh, and it's supposed to be kind of like a Dr. Oz meets Dr. Dre type of show revolving around, um, you know, the fact that you have type 2 diabetes and I guess being more helpful for people who have type 2 diabetes. Well, what we, what we did is uh, from the uh, help of my friend, Dr. Ulysses Jackson, Ph.D., he's a research doctor. And he and I got together and we started putting together this other podcast. It's called Doctor to Doctor. We were trying to emulate what uh, Dr. Roz did, but we were trying to put it to our level so we could show people other remedies Beside what you go through the normal pharmaceuticals that you can actually treat and help take care of yourself in a better way because everything that we put on hummingbird is all natural and you can go to Amazon and look up hummingbird and you can see um, our pain relief you can see our detox you can see uh, merengue uh, Medina which we call the hammer you can check all that out there and believe me it does work so most people you know, we run to the doctor and the doctor gives us a pharmaceutical swipe in the pen and writes a prescription and says, hey, just keep taking this for the rest of your life. For me, I wanted to dig deeper and I'm exploring so many different angles of many different things as far as weight control, as far as making yourself uh, feel better, eat better, be a part of a better lifestyle. So you don't get stuck, you know, just being, you know, as you say, handicapped, I say handicapable. Right. Now, your site, was that due to diabetes? Yeah, it was due to diabetes, but I didn't lose it because of diabetes. I had an operation where they were trying to do what's called retinopathy, and they reattached the retinas to to my eyes, and they said there may be an opportunity where you may lose it. But I have what they call scar tissue behind this, where the light comes into your eye. So I get very big pulses of light sometimes, and sometimes my vision pops back in because I'm taking certain... uh, um, I don't want to say drugs, but they're they're, they're, uh, uh, things that are helping me get my site back in that fashion. I love it. That's uh, that's wonderful. That's what you have to share with people because um, I know so many friends, you know, I'm 78, so many of my friends are type 2 diabetes and they got it like late in life and they don't know how to handle it. So they shoot a lot of insulin and they yeah. think that's that's the answer. They'll eat like a big chocolate cake and then shoot insulin. That's not the yep. answer. But tell the, us but what the, the tell us what the answer is to There is no answer because you can't I can't sit there and proclaim a cure. I can say there's just ways to walk things back, and that's being more conscious of what you put in. And you have to be careful of what you're also injecting to yourself. You have to to really sit with your doctors because every person is different. You can't sit there and make a one, you know, we we, in America, we try to say, oh, there's one thing will cure everything. And it really doesn't. That's why we have such a big opiate abuse. That's why I hooked up with Dr. Ulysses Jackson, because he, he did a whole research program about the opiate abuse that happens out here on Long Island and, and the striking numbers and why people actually went to that. And it was the pharmaceutical companies that actually put everybody back on that track. Well, remember, in the late 70s, we had gotten rid of heroin and all that stuff. That was out of the door. Everybody was going to marijuana and weed. Yes, indeed. That's why we should legalize it. 
But the whole point of the matter is, is that you got to really find a way to find your, 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 your zero. You got to bring yourself back to zero because uh, type 2 diabetes is curable. It is treatable. Now, I don't want to say the word cure because everybody gets upset. Can't say cure. Can't say cure. But it is treatable. And, and you can reverse the effects of, of type 2 diabetes. Now, do you take insulin? Yes, I do. Do you take the long term as well as the fast acting? No, no, I take the uh, the long term. And how many units do you shoot? Uh, twenty one. And that holds you all day long. All day. And then you, of course, you and eat properly. Honestly, I'm decreasing. I'm decreasing. Uh, I have a doctor's appointment in two weeks, and I'll be decreasing again because. I'm getting off of that because your body does produce the insulin, but there's other stuff that I know how to do to help restart your insulin flow to bring your sugars down. And there's an easier way to bring your sugars down more than anything else. You cut your carbohydrates down, uh, you, you put the chocolate cake to the side, you drink a hell of a lot more water, and you, you do simple things like I do in the morning. Uh, as it was designed by my late friend, Mr. Dick Gregory and Dr. B, we started with just three string beans in the morning. He said, Dre, let me ask you something, Dre. Uh, you like string beans? I said, yeah, I like string beans. He said, no, no, raw string beans. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to eat three string beans a day, just three. Then I want you to drink this this uh, okra water. I said, what the hell is okra water? He said, you get yourself some okra, you cut the tips off, you put it in a mason jar, about 20 ounces of water. You get yourself one of them bottles of water you drink every day, and you pour it in there, and you put it in the refrigerator. Next day, you go out there, and you drink the water, and, and you do that for three days. Every time you do it, you know, once in the morning and once at night. And that'll help start getting rid of the toxins in your body. The biggest thing with diabetes and everything that goes on with us, why our bodies are doing what we're doing, is we've been poisoned. We've been poisoned by the people who said they were giving us natural and healthy food. They haven't been. And it's been a long time. So when you walk into a grocery store, if you pull something off the, off the shelf and there's a bunch of uh, ingredients in it, put it back up there. And as Dr. B told me, he said, Dre, I want you to go over to the produce section. And I want you to grab yourself some string beans. I want you to grab yourself some cauliflower. I want you to grab yourself some kale. Do you see any ingredients written on the side of that? I said, no. He said, that's what you should be eating. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Wait, right. wait, wait. Before we move on with this, may I say something? Mm -hmm. My grandmother was born when Abraham Lincoln was shot. Okay? Oh, My really? Yes, she had my mother when she was like 48 years old. It was a change wow. of life baby. My grandmother was from Italy. My grandmother never opened a can, a frozen package of any kind. Exactly. As, a kid, as a kid, I used to go to the chicken market with her. She'd get a fresh chicken. All her vegetables came from the vegetable man. My grandmother ate the best way. She was a tiny four foot nine, little skinny lady. And she developed diabetes. Now, how did that happen? I mean, well, she wasn't see, toxic, you know... Uh, Remember, remember then, if you drink soda, if you drink juice, if you drink anything with preservatives in it of that nature, they can, they, you don't, we don't know the exact causes yet. We really don't, but we understand how to treat it. That's the biggest thing. Knowing the causes is half the battle. And in, in other words, um, she may not have ate anything out of a can or anything frozen or anything like that. Because I know I, I grew up around a lot of Italian uh, grandmothers and my, my family's from Jamaica. And my grandmother was Jamaican and she died of cancer. So, yeah, we do know of those certain effects. But everybody, that's what I said, everybody's body is different and reacts to certain things. So we don't know what may have kicked it. Depending on what kind of diabetes she had also. So I bet she, she, she had type. type she had type two. She developed it at about 75 or 78. Or was she starting to eat? Like, did she go out to restaurants? No, no. She no, was she an old just... Italian. What restaurant? My grandmother wouldn't go to a restaurant. Everything was fresh, homemade. 
we where lived in a, get our ingredients from? That's a, you got, got to remember something. Well, in the, in the summertime, on, even see. though you go to a vegetable guy, you got to remember something. These people spray chemicals and things on your food that we don't yeah, even know. True. They don't even let you know that. But and you can wash it off all day long, but if it's in the ground, and if it was in the sky, you're still going to be ingested. Chad, that. Chad's all about that. But right, wait Chad? a minute. This, this was, I'm talking now back in the late 1940s and early 50s when Same most thing. of the stuff was they, grown on Long Island because we lived no, on Long Island. They were still... They were still Still um, using pesticides yeah. that that were unregulated by the government at that time. Remember, there was no FDA at that time, mm-hmm. so they right. were just trying to do whatever they got to do to get good the food point. out. Good point. They got a lot. Well, it's very Refrigeration and the way we way we the way we deal with food today wasn't the way they dealt with food back then. But they still use pesticides to actually um, grow their products and to make sure that the products wouldn't go bad. They still they still did things to keep the animals and the pests away. Yeah, they did. I'm happy that you said this on our show because there are so many young people today with type 2 and type 1 diabetes. It's really epidemic. And I want everybody out there to listen. If you know somebody that has diabetes, sit them down, talk to them, and listen to what this guy has to say. He knows what he's talking about. There you go. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So let's talk music a little bit. So you're like... And MTV raps, um, from what I've heard from people, is you basically love all kinds of music. You listen to every kind of music. What do you think of the evolution of music from the time of MTV raps till now? Like, like, do you like the way it's evolved? Um, no, it's not a like or dislike. Remember, music is always evolutionary. Uh, the beautiful thing is I was born in 1963 with, with the great artists like James Brown, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, um, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Marvin Gaye, the Motown sound, the Stack sound, all those different sounds. And it was all music to me. When I listened to the radio, it was everybody fused together. So everybody was trying to get their own place in, in, in history on the charts. But the thing that was always unique about it is the soundtrack for my life was always a mixture. There was never, uh, oh, this was rock and roll. Oh, this was soul music. Oh, this was this. It was all music, music. to me. Yeah. It was, and that's what made it so enjoyable. So when you talk about today's uh, what's going on today? I can't. I can never criticize what these young new artists are doing in that fashion because if they have got an audience and they got people buying it and they're repeating what they're saying, they're doing the right thing. They're speaking to their audience. But me, I, I'm, I'm a Frank Sinatra fan as well as I'm an LL Cool J fan. It, it doesn't matter to me. I get down with everybody because I enjoy music, and that's the that's always been my background. What okay, a great so wait a second. What do you think of the Queen of Music, Patti Labelle? What do I think of the queen of music? Come on, don't don't mess with Patty. Patty LaBelle. She'll kick off her shoes and start selling us uh, sweet potato pies. Patty's and they're, and they're, and they're delicious. That we've ever had. Excuse me? They're delicious, her pies. I got the blueberry one. It weighed five. <laughs> it weighed about ten. It weighed ten pounds. I never saw such a heavy pie. I adore Patty LaBelle. She's my ultimate singing star. I could listen to her, and I do listen to her for hours and hours. Nobody hits the notes she hits. She's a violin in her throat. She's Ron likes Patty LaBelle and Johnny Mathis. Oh, Johnny. Johnny Mathis. I love Johnny Mathis. I love him more than you do, because I was around when he first started. I watched him on television. Did, I was sick. Matter, Johnny. Johnny Mathis was the voice of Velvet. What can we say? He's talking about he's, unforgettable he's the voice of Cole. Come on, you know, I mean, when you talk about Patti LaBelle, an artist like that, that was someone that was cultivated over a long period of time. That was like equating Mavis Staples and the Staples Singers. These artists were built on performance. That's what they did. Going in the studio was a way to actually hit, uh, put their put their their uh, their uh, their prowess 
for us to listen to later. But yeah, but Patty Patty was born with a voice. She was huh? born. She was born with a voice, Patty. Absolutely. That she, was didn't, that. she didn't cultivate that voice. No, but she came from no, but she came from the bluebells, and then from the bluebells, she became La Belle, and right. and the history goes on and on and on. That's why we all like um, Lady Marmalade so much, and and other stuff that Patty's done all around. Did you realize that it was the Beverly Hills soundtrack that Patty LaBelle's the only artist on that soundtrack with two songs? Oh no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Actually, I think you know a lot of things that we don't know because yeah. I was hey. like, I was like, Wait, did you ever meet Patty? I've met Patty Labelle so many times. That's What's why she like? What she like? She doesn't allow me to eat a sweet potato pie. She said you can't have any. Well, <laughs> she's she's a diabetic also. Yeah, but she's a wonderful woman, grand personality, and she's always trying to help people, and that's the beautiful uh, thing about her. That's, that's what why she's her. so blessed. Everyone like I've asked did. said the same thing. Even, uh, what's her name when I asked her? Uh, Kathy Sledge, because who I know, Kathy. And Kathy knows Patty. And, and she was supposed to bring Patty to my house when I lived in the East Coast for dinner. But we never got that going. And I think I would have dropped dead cooking for Patty <laughs> LaBelle. Now, you I mean, now, I would have just I, had her sing for me while I was cooking. I'll, <laughs> I'll mess you up. When I was younger, much younger, before We Are, we are Family and before uh, He's the Greatest Dancer, my brother and my cousins, we all met the Sister Sledge before they hit their big, big songs in Philadelphia. Yeah. I love I don't I don't I don't think she'd recognize me today, or maybe she might. But yeah, I met them when they were they were just putting their stuff together in Philadelphia. And they were singing they were they're also a very hardworking performance based yeah. group. Sister Kathy Sledge. has a lovely husband. She lives in Newtown, Pennsylvania with kids and stuff. He was so excited when he met her. Oh, wasn't God, he? I love her. We meet like all these like Academy Award winners and Grammy winners. Listen, and stuff. I was best friends with Jane Russell. I knew Robert Mitchum. All those hey, people. Hey, Jane Russell. My best friend. And we hung out. And when I met Kathy Sledge, I was screaming, Jimmy, Jimmy, get over here. Get over here. Look who's here. Look who's here. Like a kid oh. jumping up and down. And Kathy thought I was crazy. Okay. So, she so. You were the greatest dancer. How about that? <laughs> I was. I was. So you've been. You've got a, a stellar career. You're continuing to open new doors and do new things. Uh, do you have like a bucket list of like? Okay, I've worked with like almost every major person in music on the planet. Is there somebody that you're like? This is the one person that got away, and I haven't had an opportunity to do anything with. You got anybody on your bucket list? Where you're like, oh, I'd really like to work with this person. No, I honestly, I was blessed to do some things with Prince before he passed away. Uh, I met Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five many, many times in my life. Um, There's so many people I, I do want to touch and do something with. And as a matter of fact, I'm working on a quiet project with uh, one of my my heroes in in music and one of the greatest songwriters and performers to ever sit behind a piano, and that would be Stevie Wonder. And if anyone I wished I could have done something with, it would have been probably Ray Charles. And it's not really the blind thing that I would say it is, is that I really understand the genius of their music. I understand the genius of uh, certain artists like Atina Marie, who could really sing and perform really well. I understood the genius of Rick James. I understand the genius. I mean, so, I mean I, I'm, I'm one of those people that just, I love music and I love, sir, I love a lot of people. I mean, I wish I could step back in time and hang out with the original Temptations and the Four Tops and watch that whole thing. And Absolutely. The when it became Diana Ross and the Supremes. That was such an energy and such a, 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 um, a juggernaut of what we did when it came to rap music slash hip-hop also. Because we always idolized those people. And when we decided to do what we were doing, we were trying to get an attention that we couldn't get 
from the traditional way music was being dealt with at the time. That's why we took it to the street. We became street DJs. We became MCs and rappers. And we decided to do it just our own way. And we decided to defy what was being said, what we could and could not do. A la Sheik with the song La Freak. Oh, and wow. love it, love it, love it. They love defied it. the way they want. They wanted to do it their way. And I mean, I'm a big fan of Nile Rodgers. Would love to work with Nile Rodgers. I mean, there's so many people out there. And you know why? I just like, I just smile. I just like to go, wow. I mean, I want to do a song with Herbie Hancock, something like Rocket, because when I did one of my songs for Original Concept, a song called Pump That Bass, all I thought about is, how can I make a better Rocket? How can I? And then I stopped there trying to make a better Rocket. And I said, I'm going to just do Pump That Bass. And it worked out the same for me. But it was a struggle for black people, performers. Go oh, back, go, wait, go back to when I was a young boy, maybe 14 or 15 years old. There was a singing group called the Ink Spots. Yes. Do you know the Ink Spots? Are you familiar? I if I Spots. didn't care for you, that's yes. it. If we played it on our portable radio, walking to the park, white people would say, get those off the radio. Of course. You That's cannot listen. The real king of rock and roll was Chuck Berry, who recently just passed away. And Little yes. Rich, they're the true architects, and not only the architects, but the founders of that music, along with Fats Domino, who recently just passed away. No, but you're going ahead of time. I'm going way back in the 50s. That's more early 60s. When Lena Horne was in a film and she sang, she was not permitted to look at the camera. She up yes. looked up the sky or down. You know why? Because a white no, because a white oh, man. Oh, until she did stormy weather. Is right. Wait, because yes. a white a white man sitting in the theater might think she's flirting with him, and that was disgusting, and that's why they didn't do it. Now, Absolutely. I I happen to know two black guys that are dancers, and they're very famous dancers on Water Brother movies. The one guy I know, and I can't think of his name, because it's got a weird name, but you know who they are. They're very famous. The Nicholas Brothers. Nicholas Brothers, but the one that was still alive, he just passed away not maybe five or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. I knew him. What was his name? Like Amon, something like that. A weird name. And he uh, told, and he was a sweetheart. What a dresser, my God. I told him he should be on Juke Magazine. He was like 80-something and wore the most cane <laughs> in a suit and a Actually, collage. we should tell, because does, he doesn't, so just, just so you know, like, because Ron is kind of like a, mm -hmm. a classic movie aficionado. He had a show called Set the Record Straight where he interviewed all the legends. Jane Russell, Tab mm -hmm. Hunter, Lorna Bacall. All the biggies. Um, all Cliff the biggies. From, and he knows every, he sees every Turner classic movie ever, so that's kind of the era that he's um, right. So I super involved in. Ron, were you ever blessed with uh, interviewing the great one, Sammy Davis Jr., the man who set it all up for all of us? I met him at the Copacabana nightclub. Guess what? We had a ringside table to see Diana Ross and the Supremes, okay? This is when they were starting off, baby, baby, whatever. And suddenly, a man comes and sits at our table, and his back is to me. And I thought, what fucking nerve is this? Who the hell is he? He's coming and sitting at our table. <laughs> Turned around, it was Sandy Davis Jr. <laughs> and architect. I Edwin, Sammy was the architect for the entertainment world forever. He it was, was the nicest guy you ever want to meet in your life. He was a regular Joe. He yeah. was terrific. Actually, I have a story about that. It's going to be a quick one because we've only got a couple minutes. But uh, when I was a little kid, I got to throw the baseball out at the Atlanta Braves game. I was the opening pitch of the season. And uh, and afterwards, then I went into the dugout and like everybody was standing around because there was somebody in the dugout signing autographs. And I had no idea who it was because I was like eight years old or something. I was like really little. And I went in there and they signed a baseball for me and I took it out and I said hello to him. And he was like a, a petite black man. And I 
went up to my dad and said, look, I just met this guy. His name's Sammy Davis Jr. And that was who actually signed, was in the dugout with the whole team. And it, it was the coolest thing ever. And I wish I would have been older so I would have known who he was because then I probably wouldn't have gotten rid of the baseball realizing that like I had such a huge collectible item that I would have loved to sit on my desk. It wasn't, it wasn't in the collection. You know what it was? It was you were blessed with his presence because Absolutely. he was there and you were there, and that was a blessing in itself, believe me. Because when I was a youngster, I was at a, um, a, a theater here called Westbury Music Theater, uh, Westbury Music Fair, excuse me, and James Brown was performing. This was in the late 60s, like 69, 70. And the place was packed, and it was crazy. And my father brought me backstage to meet James Brown, because at this time, he had a house in Queens, in uh, um, St. Albans, Queens, which was right down the block from my grandmother's house. And we always used to stand out there, and he used to give away 45 records to everybody. Here, here's a record, here's a record. So you ring the doorbell, you get a record. So every Love time it. I walked to my grandmother, we'd ring the bell to get a 45. It was the best thing. But Love I mean, you meet these kind of iconic people like Sammy, and I did have the blessing to meet Sammy Davis twice in my life because they would come into my community out here in Newcastle and Westbury, and they would come to the community centers and they would sit and they would talk to people, they would perform a little bit, they would give us encouraging words. Same thing like Muhammad Ali, aka Cassius Clay, he did the same thing. Yeah, they I met him too. Our community for one reason to make sure that we understood there's a better road to take than just trying to take a fast life. That everything is about hard work. So they instilled that in me from the beginning since I was a youngster. So I always had that drive in me to continue doing what I'm doing. Fantastic. You know, I I lived on Long Island. Yeah, one minute. Most of my life, I lived in Garden City for years. And I know Westbury. Yeah, and I know Westbury well, and I know the Westbury music there. Johnny played there a couple of times. Johnny Mantis. Yeah, and I would go see him and then, you know, see him in the garden. My grandmother would drag me to go watch Johnny Mathis. That's how I know it. Drag you, you, you have to drag me away from him. I love him so much. <laughs> so hang on, you guys. You were seven years old, and 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 the Jackson Five are your are your are your heroes. Johnny Mathis, like, oh come on, please. But then when he got with Denise Williams, boy, oh boy, too we're much. Too have her on our show. We're having Denise. We're on gonna our have her show. on the show soon. It's fantastic. Yeah. So listen up, everybody. First of all, Dr. Dre's on Instagram, and he's also on uh, uh, Twitter. It's at Dr. Dre thirty nine. Make sure yeah, you write Doctor out. Dr. Dre flesh wound on on Instagram. Dr. Dre uh thirty nine on Instagram. We got Dr. Dre thirty nine on Twitter. Dr. Dre flesh wound on um Twitter also. And you can always go to Andre Dr. Dre Brown on Facebook and check us out. And please feel free to become a friend. There you go. And you guys check out Flesh Wound and Two Blind Mics. And we want to also thank Heidi Z. I know she's there someplace. She's oh, so fabulous. We, we love Heidi Z. Heidi, thank there you so is. much. I had the best conversation with her ever. <laughs> We're going to bring you back. Maybe one day we'll, we'll do a show where, we're, where we can Skype from, like, the, when you guys have everybody from your whole staff on, and we'll talk to everybody and do a big show promoting the whole thing. Oh, that will be cool. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. we got a lot of surprises coming up for 2018. And there there's still go. a lot of year left. All right, so Dr. Dre, thank you so much. Heidi, thank you so much. We will see you soon, and we appreciate you you coming on the show. And thank you for all your thank you for all your advice on diabetes. Thank you again. All right, Dr. Dre and Heidi, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're running out of time. We got a great show for you next week. Next week we've got Bianca Ryan and Bobby Eeks coming on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Chat, thank you. Chat room, thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.